Hello everyone and welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human. Joining me shortly will be James Odell Alpha Spectre, and I'm going to explain why this podcast is starting out a little differently than normal. But before I do that, check out Sort of My Comics on Facebook and check out Sort of My Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Subject to Change Entertainment is also on Facebook and Twitter and of course YouTube and SoundCloud. You're checking this out somewhere. While here, why not like, comment, and share? Sharing is the greatest way the best way to get us out in front of people and let us know what we're doing. And of course, all of our personal social media is down in the description below. This is part two of SMP number 47, and if you missed part one, we're going to go ahead and link that down in the description below, uh, probably at the end of the video too, I'm not real sure, I, I, I have trouble keeping up with that for some reason, but... What had happened was we had inadvertently recorded for almost four hours and didn't expect to. So the first video was uh, our rant or bant segment, uh, the new polls segment, and us talking about all sorts all the E3 news. And then this video is, uh, this podcast is going to be us talking about trailers, the news, doing a comic book review, Fallen Heroes, our normal SMP stuff. So, without further ado, let's jump into SMP number 47, part 2. We still have, we are a solid halfway through. Oh my Holy god. We... Now, that's our fault. We got on to tangents, so we started talking about we it. Did. It was good conversation, though. So, But let's move on. Moving we've, on. We've got a few trailers here that we just really could not put off. Uh, and there were some news I put up. There's some stuff I didn't write into the show that is going to be in the next show. Uh, All right. So I've, I've, I tried to be as sparing as possible with this. Uh, fuck, we'll just call this the fucking e3 blowout <laughs> this, this is worse than when we came back from a six-month hiatus we did oh a three-hour podcast he broke my floor <laughs> yeah. uh, so far we haven't destroyed any buildings during this one yet give it a uh minute. honestly i don't think dr teeny will show up this one <laughs> uh bumblebee trailer first trailer we're going to talk about uh this is actually Okay, this was so surprising because I, when I first saw it, I, and I've seen it a few times since, when I first saw it, I was like, it's more of the same, but it's also new. Yeah. Like, it's exciting, but also makes me go, oh my god, another one. Uh, yeah. It, it has enough new, yet enough, like, familiar from my childhood. Yeah. Uh, and, and a big part of that are two... Is a uh, Autobot and a Decepticon, yes. respectively. Uh, their looks, Bumblebee's look in this, uh, the Volkswagen look it's, alone. It's so good. So much like the original cartoon. It is more more car than it is random moving parts at all moments. Yeah. To where you can't really tell what's happening. And when they transform, Starscream being the other one, a great example of this because... You see a fucking jet flying, and, like, the way they cut it was perfect. Because you see, like, mm-hmm. a millisecond of a jet. That's all you need. You know you just saw the jet. And then, boom, the fucking nose tips down, the head pops out, just like the toys. Right? Just and, like and that the was toys. the greatest thing, is the way that these things transform. And everything, like... When you first, in this trailer, see Bumblebee transform, she's underneath yeah. of it. You and see the head. That's one of those things where I'm like, it's it's fresh, 
and memorable because of our childhood, but it's more of the same. It's like because you do see those tiny little parts. You're like, okay, well, here's all the random metal pieces. Right. That you can't make any and sense like, of. And yeah, like part of the trailer, he only transforms part of his arm out to grab the guardrail to keep the, the car on the road. And at one point, it seems like he goes into some sort of battle mode. Like maybe he's Where taking the- on the properties of a Jeep. Because that's what the well, chest plate gives now, me the idea. Now, a truck here, or a Jeep. here's the thing. I think he upgrades through the course of the movie. Yeah. Because at one point, like, the visor and everything comes down, and it's got, like, the webbing of a, of a bee. very waspy. And, and yeah. all that. But he still has the Volkswagen look. And then no, later, no, no, no. later I, in the trailer, he still has the Volkswagen look the first time the visor comes down. Later okay. in the trailer, it looks like the front of a Jeep. Okay. So, and now we know... I didn't notice that first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, we, we do know from the first Transformers movie that they can scan a vehicle and become that vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So... And this is supposed to be a, a prequel, but also revitalize the franchise. Reboot the franchise, really. Right. Uh, and now there, there are talks... Need. There are talks of a, uh, if this does well, they'll do an Optimus Prime movie, which... If this is good and it it comes out as good as it looks right now, yeah. I'm down for because we'll get that more classic. Oh my god! Seeing like the Optimus classic Prime. Optimus, that'd be the shit. Where the fuck is your truck trailer, dude? Which, Where is it? Okay, and what was it? The third movie, I think he had the trailer, and it was just like I don't his. even remember. Yeah, who, he had the trailer. Who gives a fuck? But it was one of those <laughs> yeah. like. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a thing uh, now. Bernie Mac shows up in this, which yeah. is a really nice surprise since he passed a, a while back. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, he is the voiceover in the beginning of this, and it's the dialogue of like, uh, man didn't choose a car, car chooses the man. The same a thing he's telling Sam Woodworthy yeah. in the first movie, which is the only of that series that I enjoy. <laughs> and it's still horribly flawed, flawed but I, I like it enough. I forgot John Cena was in this, uh, and I've been really enjoying John Cena and everything I've been seeing. Yeah, lately. I, I noticed really, that. Yeah, he's really funny. He's doing a good job, so I'm I'm kind of excited for John Cena. Um, yeah, it, it just looks like a, a good movie. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm find it so weird this far out from the first movie to say it because. The last time I was excited for a Transformers movie, it was Transformers 2. They had sold in the trailers such a different movie than what we got. And we, I yeah. think you were with me when I saw this because we went to see it for my birthday. I, I know think Bob so. was there. Yeah, we all went to see it. And then afterwards, we all went to dinner and we were just talking about how much that sucked. <laughs> oh, which one was the second? Was the second one the one with the Constructicons? I think it was the Dark. Uh, Dark Side Dark of, the of the Moon, Dark of the Moon, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it it was uh, it had the Constructicons in it, towards, which was okay. kind of cool. That part was, eh. uh, that had those really annoying like the twins, street, yeah, street twins, yeah. fucking okay cars. Oh, I also want to say that the toy from the Constructicon in that was the biggest pain in the ass to have to put together for a kid. Ever. Who did you get that for? I didn't get it for anyone. That was when I was still living up north. Oh, okay. The youngest up there, he ended up getting it for Christmas. Jesus <laughs> Christ. 
I would have lost my temper and thrown it down and been like, fuck you. Fuck that, you and fuck and Christmas. Honestly, the Optimus Prime that came with a trailer, that yeah. was stupid. Yeah. Like, that was stupid to make Transform. Ah, the movies were stupid and the toys were stupid. It was all stupid. Uh, but one thing that actually looks like a really smart decision is this new yeah. Halloween movie. We got a yeah. trailer for that. Uh, no, a little backstory to this. I didn't even take notes on this. Uh, this is picking up from the second movie. It is forgetting all the subsequent sequels from there. So no Hollywood or Halloween H20. No uh, Freddy <laughs> versus Jason. He wasn't in that. God. No, you're no, your fucking movies, Odo. But uh, <laughs> no Gremlins three. No. Uh, no Princess Bride four. The Journey to the Hood. Uh, <laughs> now I want to see it because uh, I'm not a you raped my childhood guy. I'm like, ah, that sucked. I'm gonna go watch the good one now. Uh, so yeah, fuck it, just do it. I'll watch it. But no, this is uh picking up. This is um year like decades after, obviously. But uh, it seems Lori's been preparing for Michael to come back this whole time, training with weapons. Uh, teching out her home. Yeah. There's this moment where she like she's in the kitchen and the the kitchen island moves and there's these stairs that lead down to like some sort of secure bunker or something. Yeah. They don't show the inside of the bunker or anything. I'm kind of really curious to see what's down there, but it's her uh, sex dungeon. It's her sex dungeon slash micro protection bunker. <laughs> and, and she's she multi multi purposes. But uh <laughs> Nobody said she couldn't be. Uh, I don't know. I'm she's running very one too she, many times. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, all that time spent at home when you're not, you know, training with weapons or waiting for your brother to come kill you. You gotta read dirty books. Which is another thing about this trailer. One really weird thing about this trailer. Apparently, they're retconning the whole brother thing. Like, really? I don't. Yeah, I think in the second movie, it wasn't. Was it outright said? I feel like it was outright said they are brother and sister, and now they they have that moment where uh, like the granddaughter is walking with her friends, and they're like, "Yeah, it wasn't like uh, her brother or something." And she's like, "No, they were never related or anything like that." Now this could be like one of those like trailer mis uh, you know misleading moments, and then it's actually she's just lying to try and like take some stigma off of herself yeah. or family or whatever, but. Still, if it's not that, that's a really weird and stupid decision. Like, just leave it. I Who mean, cares? It adds an what, element. Either way, what does it affect? Yeah, you don't. It's, you don't have to play off of that in this. It's not like you have to establish some sort of emotional bond between them because it's obvious there's no love loss here. She wants to <laughs> fucking kill this guy as soon as he shows back up. She's. She has went beyond making her mind up to where it is now her life's mission. Right. And then uh, there's another part in this trailer that's really funky. They show Michael in prison, and he's like in this yeah. yard with all the, or well, it's like some sort Whoa. of mental institution slash prison, and like all the prison. inmates are in these like taped off squares. Yeah, this, it's and, this and checker pattern like like yard. I understand what those are. Those are a don't go past this line or else he can fuck your shit up. Well, no, I think it's, like, it's both the guards don't go past this line. Well, they, I mean, they probably have to, to like, feed well, yeah. him, move him or whatever. 
But it's like, beware of this line, but also the inmates should know that if they go outside this line, they're probably going to get a cat in their ass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things. It was really funky, really stylized, really cool kind of situation there. Um, you, oh, my God. I'm sitting there during this trailer going, like, that person died, that person died. I'm not looking forward to seeing this dude die in front of his children. Uh, yeah. Right? Uh, oh, my God. Like and that that was one of the big things about this trailer is it really kind of shows you. No, no, you keep talking. Fuck it, we're in the lurch on this. We're just opening beer cans. It really kind of shows you. It's like, well, he's gonna kill them. Gonna kill them. Gonna kill. He's in the process of killing them in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, which that actually happens a few times. Like half killing people. And I think it's it's less about like. Like, some people might be going, like, well, no, no, that person dies. There's no suspense there. I think it's, with this, like an adventure movie, like, someone could spoil the end and be like, oh, they, you know, they end up getting the ring to Mordor. And then you know how it starts. But it's not about that. It's about the journey in between. It's yeah. about the events. See, with these types of movies, though, it's not about who he kills. It's about it's how, how he kills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm not I'm not really put off by that either. It looks really good. I can't wait to see this one. Um, it, and it looks like it's going to plug in perfectly as a third film. Yeah. Like, there's not going to be any, like, shock because they just erased, like, three other films. <laughs> ah, there we go. That's out now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one question about this, though. Why the fuck is it called Halloween? If it is a third film, and the first film is called Halloween, the second film is called Halloween 2, why is this one called Halloween? Because they had to fuck something up. <laughs> yep. they, had yeah. to, they had to fuck something up. I mean, after <laughs> all of the other movies that have come out for this, Go back to the roots. You know, this is yeah. Halloween. Right. This, this is Halloween. What? <laughs> 40 years later. Halloween. Pumpkin Scream in the dead of night. Halloween. 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 <laughs> Should I keep going? Because in this town we call home, everyone hails to the pumpkin song. <laughs> like, we're two and a half hours in. Let's sing the entire soundtrack <laughs> to Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, the next trailer we're going to talk about. I'm actually a little bummed that Travis is not here to talk about this one with us. He He's was really excited. This yeah, he was really excited to talk about this one. Uh, you know, that's that's time management for you. And uh, sometimes you're in a situation where you just can't. And you can't work around it. And so, yeah. uh, unfortunately, he's going to miss out on this one. And as the artist, like, if you've seen our faces in portrait form somehow or another, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some shirts about that later. But uh, if you've seen that, that's Travis. And uh, if you're aware of Simple Interesting Visions, that's Travis. So he's got an opinion here. But uh, so do we. We're comic book fans. We read a lot of Spider-Man in our time. Yes, we are! <laughs> and so we, we were talking about the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse trailer. Uh, we got a full one this time. It seems uh, Jefferson Davis, Miles' dad, is a cop rather than a retired S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Uh, so that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting, but I love his character in this. Yeah. yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's at the end of the trailer, but it, it has no nothing pertaining to what's I going on like, the trailer. I love every moment with him, but I well, know what you're talking about. He here. drops him off at school, and his dad tells him, I love you, and Miles is walking into the school. So, But he doesn't say it back. Yeah, he didn't say it back. So he gets over the speaker on yeah. the car. You will say, I love you to your father. And like, <laughs> yeah. says that like eight or nine different they, they times. They have this whole back and forth. It's really well comedically paced. It is. Yeah. Uh, and then he ends up making him say, I love you. And he's like, that's a big copy. <laughs> like, it's really good. I love his attitude. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah. really fun. Um, I noticed a really cool Easter egg in the background. Uh, you know, the... Uh, there's the TV and the news announcer is talking about how Spider-Man saved the day and then it cuts to Jefferson talking about Spider-Man. He shows up like once a day and shit. Yeah. Well, if you watch that TV screen, it is a reference to Amazing Fantasy number 15 because he is, Spider-Man is carrying a guy in a green suit. Oh, nice. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, holy shit, that's cool. Uh, we get to see a few villains in this thing. Uh, I yeah. think the big winged guy is Green Goblin. I'm not. I think that's Ultimate Green Goblin. I'm not aware because... enough of the Ultimate Universe to outright say that I know that, but I I feel like I I've I'm, seen him different in the Ultimate. Yeah, universe. I'm I'm pretty sure that in the Ultimate Universe that is the Green Goblin. Yeah. Uh, because that seems to be where all this is taking place. Yeah. Uh, we also get to see the Prowler, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, very interesting because in the comics, the Prowler is, at least in the like, main continuity right now, I don't know about the Ultimate, probably the Ultimate since they merged them in Secret Wars, uh, Miles' uncle is the Prowler. Yeah. So that which... that could add a no, n- whole other element to this seemingly chalk-filled film. Yeah. Which, and that could even potentially translate into our live-action Marvel stuff later on down the line. Yeah, right. But who knows? Wouldn't it be weird if Tobey Maguire just shows up? And it's, like, all these animated <laughs> characters, but then it's, like, live-action Tobey Maguire yeah. just standing there. No, no. It's live-action Tobey Maguire walking out of a suit shop doing the dance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure we're going to see some references to those films. Probably I'm not sure. as amazing as that. But, <laughs> uh, we also, uh, I think it was the Kingpin, because there's this explosion, all yeah, these guys yeah. get blown back, and there's this very large... That's the uh, only person I could think of that being. As far as I could tell, yeah. I mean, <laughs> watch, they'll be like, no, that's the blob. <laughs> At a trial. I think mean, <laughs> that's why he's in a suit. <laughs> I'm like, no. No, fuck you. That's Kingpin. <laughs> That's Kingpin. I don't care what he's called. Uh, yeah, uh, we also got to see, uh, there There was this moment where we're seeing a few suits, uh, a variety of suits in glass yeah. cases, a la Batman style. Yeah. Uh, these yeah. suits, I looked into them, uh, the one is an electroproof suit. Uh, I knew that one uh, looked familiar, and the one I definitely knew was the stealth suit. From Secret War, uh, not Secret Wars or the Marvel superhero Secret War, but Secret War, the five issue. Yeah, thing. it gets real confusing. Marvel doesn't give a fuck. We've got to <laughs> just stop complaining about it. Uh, but yeah, those are the two other suits in the in the glass cases. So that's a really cool nod to some uh, you know comic book continuity there. Yeah, uh, Miles shows off his camouflage ability, which is one of the many abilities he has that sets him apart from Peter Parker. Right. Uh, they haven't showcased. Uh, oh, he doesn't have venom fingers, does he? It, that's Kane. 
Uh, is that cane? Someone has venom. There is there is an ability or something? that Miles Morales has, and it's it's some kind of venom. Something is what yeah. he calls it. But he's ba- he shoots some kind of like projectile, and it paralyzes. Yeah, the the combatant. Yeah, they haven't shown that yet. But they did show off the the camouflage ability. Really cool to see that coming in here. Again, comic accurate type thing gives me the more comic accurate you are, the more I can get on board Which, for your film. Speaking of comic accurate, one of the last characters that they yeah, show. Very interesting. We are talking about a Spider Verse, a universe of Spider people. Yes. Uh, Gwen Stacy, the Spider Woman, shows up, and uh, they kind of breeze through that really quick and awkwardly, yep. but. <laughs> well, because one of the parts of dialogue is when when Peter first sees Miles Morales, I'm pretty sure the line he says is, you're like me too. I, so, I didn't hear the two. I, I heard, you're like me, but how? Yeah. See, I, I and, feel like he said, you're like me too. And what's weird is they showed off a spider. It, now, this is less comic accurate. They so, showed off a spider sense for Miles Morales. At least I think that's what it was. Visually, that's what it looked like. When, like, Peter saw him. Yeah, and, and it, it seems the... like both of their spider senses going off. Miles Morales doesn't have that. That's one of Peter's abilities that he has that Miles doesn't. Miles, if I remember right, Miles has a different interpretation of spider sense it's not the alarming like almost um it begins with a p premonition yes almost premonition style like sense that peter has but he can still sense danger and the because that's the exact same thing no no no, like (laughs) But it doesn't give yeah. him the uncanny ability to know that he can move slightly this way and avoid a bullet through the head. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, though, originally I was not a fan of this. The first time we talked about the teaser, yeah. I was very down on it. I didn't like the animation style. I feel like... It's changed, though. I feel like it's cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, like, Wallace and Gromit if it were uh, jump cut. <laughs> yeah, Lost in Gromit if it were jump cut in the teaser, and this feels a lot cleaner, a lot uh, more fluid. Yeah, uh, I can get on board with this. But uh, ultimately, I'm uh, hey, they got me. I'm in the theater for this one. Oh, I was yeah. gonna be in the theater anyways because we got to do reviews for this bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, look for our Incredibles two review, or rather, my Incredibles two review later uh, later on. But it's incredible. No. We're gonna we're gonna pause and you're gonna go in the corner and you're gonna think about the pun. You we don't think. have time to pause. No, we don't. <laughs> and we don't have five. We're two fifty three on the live scale. All right. Well, let's bring this into the news now. We're all done with trailers. Let's go into the news. And uh, our first bit of nudes uh, surrounds nudes. Our first bit of nudes uh, is around Benedict Cumberbatch. That'll please somebody. All right. Now, uh, the first bit of news, Benedict Cumberbatch more than just plays a Marvel hero. He's a real-life hero in his own right. Uh, Recently reported by an Uber driver to the sun, although the incident happened back in November, uh, Cumberbatch apparently jumped out of his Uber after noticing a delivery cyclist being attacked by four men. Uh, the Uber driver stating, quote, 
they tried to hit him, but he defended himself and pushed them away. He wasn't injured. And then uh, I think they also recognized it was Benedict and ran away, end quote. (laughs) 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 And uh, here's the icing on this crazy cake. Uh, It all happened in London, just around the corner from Baker Street. Uh, When asked about the event, Benedict said, quote, I I did it out of, well, I had to, you know, Uh, end quote. And so, yeah, yeah, so Benedict Cumberbatch taking a little bit out of his uh, various roles to uh, help out in this real world, this chaotic situation we're living in right now. Uh, Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, And so I think what I want to start doing with news stories, I think I want to start posing questions after him. So, Odal. If you saw the same thing, what would you do? <laughs> you know, I, I would like to say that I would do the same, that I would get out, yeah. I would try to help. But at the same time, there's also going to be that part of me that's like, okay, well, I have a family that is still counting on me to come home. Right. You know, what happens if I get out to help and someone pulls a gun on me and they shoot me? Right. You know, and, and that's... That's the thing. I would like to think that I would be that person that would get out and help in a situation like this. But the the thought of the unknown preventing me from getting home to my family, I feel like would hold me back. You would be a specter in that situation. Quite possibly an alpha specter. Oh. I uh, And with any situation like this, I don't think anyone can definitively say this is 100% what I would do. Because, yeah. I, you know, it's really an in-the-moment thing. Yeah. And I'm sure this is what spurred Benedict to jump out of the Uber. Like, I mean, I don't know if the Uber was moving at the time, but, you know, he jumped out of it and just got involved. But I have a certain background uh, that I don't like to talk about uh, that makes me believe that First, I would assess the situation. First, I would see, like, do these guys have weapons and stuff? Then I would call the authorities, of course. Uh, being in London, I don't know how I would do that. I don't know how that works over there. If it's Because it, I know it's not 911. Uh, right. so, but I'm, I assume they have some sort of system in place. Then after doing that, I would probably get involved. If, if there are no weapons in play, I would probably get involved. Or if there was weapons that weren't guns involved, I would probably try and find a weapon of my own and try and get involved. And this is what I think I would do. (laughs) Now, this all depends. If I'm by myself, that's probably the scenario. That's a scenario I could see going down. And I'm not saying I'm a tough son of a... Like, I am out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) The run over is going to... I'm going to get over there. I'm going to lay down for a minute. And then I'll be like... Oh, you guys are still robbing him when I'm done. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> it's like uh, Deadpool changing all over again. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I, like I'm not bolstering myself to be some sort of like, I'm going to kick so much ass. But I'm mean, like, just these are the things that are built in yeah. now. And so these are the things I feel like would kick in then. Because yeah. that's a unique situation. you know. But if I'm with my kids, fuck that. Dude's on his own. I got shit to think about over here. This is like generational preservation that I'm working on. That's like, if I see someone broke down on the side of the road, if I'm by myself, 
you know, s- sometimes I will stop. Depend- I, I, yeah, I've slowed down and been like, is. what's going on, buddy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if I have even even anyone in the car with me, no. Because you don't know that person. Up. You don't exactly. know what, what they're all about. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. if if I had my CCW, it'd be a different story because then I would be prepared for whatever yeah. came up. Which is weird because uh, harkening back to that background I have, I have no uh, no desire for a CCW. I like, I mean, maybe if I get if a family situation provides itself and there's like something to protect at all times, right? But right. like when I have my kids, I'm with my kids. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about that. Like. Yeah, I'm, it, it's a whole thing. We're not going to talk about gun laws on this episode. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, like, I've never had that impulse. We have, uh, moving on, we have only one more news story to cover before we get into phone booth news. Uh, this one, can, can people just leave the man alone? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Leave Stan Lee the fuck alone. I'm serious. God damn it. No... Getting out of the car, maybe my kids are there. Situation, and I see someone fucking with Stanley. I'm in. Yeah, I'm there. The Arms been or not through so much. Plus, he's, he's had Stan motherfucking Lee. I can make more kids. He, all right, he's had <laughs> so much money stolen. He's had his blood stolen. Oh god, he's had yeah. he's had to deal with so much being sick. Losing his wife, like all this going on. So much more on top of all of that, uh, and including <sighs> this. Uh, the Daily Mail reported that two armed gunmen confronted Stan Lee and several associates outside of his home the evening of May 31st, demanding Lee pay him them money uh, they claimed he owed them, although a witness claims Stan didn't know either man. Uh, luckily, Stan is safe and unharmed as a uh, 911 call was quickly placed and the two su- suspects were apprehended by police. Good. Um, Stan is still in good spirits, though. Two days later, he posted a video to his Twitter, uh, now fully in his control. I don't know if you heard about that, but uh, yeah, he finally got yep. his, but all the other shit to Facebook, all the other shit is outside of his <sighs> control at this point. Uh, in the video, he thanks everyone for all the well wishes he's received and that he has a big surprise in store for all of his fans. Uh, and he recently posted something else that leads me to believe that this big surprise is that he's about to write another Marvel story. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Now you better see, believe I'm getting that book. Oh, yeah. Now, see... For some reason, my mind went to he's gonna pull a Willy Wonka and he's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna put tickets. five lucky spider uh, spider friends or what does he call uh, uh, super friends? Five does he say super it? friends? I don't know, but no, he says spider friends. Yeah, five I, lucky we fucked that joke up. Five <laughs> lucky spider friends are getting a but tour of the factory. This. This, like, one, the first issue of whatever he writes, they're all going to be polybagged in black bags. Oh, I'm getting, like, five copies each. (laughs) So, and the ticket is in the middle. So, and it's just paper. That's all it is. It's paper. But it's going to have that, like, light detection (laughs) to, to tell if it's real. And, like, so many lucky people are going to get to go to, like, Marvel Comics Studios 
and, right, for, and right, at right, the right. end, whoever makes it through this death trap of a fairy <laughs> is going to be I the next wanna, I just want to see Stanley giving the word-for-word speech going through that tunnel. <laughs> oh my god. There's no way of knowing Excelsior. <laughs> uh no, but uh yeah, no, if if he uh, if he's writing a book, I'm buying five copies of the, the first one. One to read, one to bag, one to get signed, one to rub all over my body and give him as a tribute to his greatness, and one I'm going to kill myself with <laughs> because it's dope. We're good. <laughs> We're done. Uh, no, we should do it. <laughs> Suicide is a bad thing. And if you need help, there are out- outlets. Uh, and now that we brought it up, I'm just going to put something in the description below. Now I feel bad. I feel like a real <laughs> asshole. Just son but, of a bitch. The uh, the suicide hotline number will be included in the in the description below. Yeah, it's down there. Uh, it's down there. Not right now for the live people. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So uh, I guess because this is a new thing that I literally just came up with on the spot, talking about that Cumberbatch thing. Uh, I think this is a pretty obvious one. What would you do in that situation? What would you do if you were Stan, and what would you do if you were the bystander? If I were Stan, okay. If I were Stan, if you were Stanley, not you, <laughs> in Stan's position. If you were Stan, motherfucking Lee, the man, what would you do? I, I would have no choice but to give them a good talking to about why their decisions are putting them on the wrong path, and invite them in for tea. That is beautiful. That is. That is what I wish I could say. <laughs> if I were Stanley, yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, forget the bystander. No one's gonna shoot. St- no one is going to physically harm Stanley. I don't yeah. care who it is. Honestly, I don't think like because if they were gonna shoot him, they'd have shot him. Like, yeah, I guess they had time, and they did. Like when when they found that the jig was up, uh, they they apparently ditched the gun. And stuff. So that, like, and that always tells me they didn't really have much of an intent to use it because right. if they're not going to use it to defend themselves, high-profile situation, they weren't going to use it to kill that guy. Yeah. Uh, but if I if again, fuck the <laughs> the innocent bystander because this is way more fun. If I were Stanley, not myself, but if I were Stanley in that situation, I'm 95 fucking years old. All I know is superheroes and shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go out. Guns blazing. I'm going to fight these guys. <laughs> 95 yeah. years well, old. I'm throwing a weak-ass, frail little fucking punch. I'm saying my catchphrase while I'm doing it. I'm like, Excelsior! Boom! See, that that was my other scenario. It's like, <laughs> that's what like, you yeah. just walk up and it's like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Right. And you just put the barrel right there. You're not going to do it. You're just not. So let's take the next step. The cops are on the way. Just do that. Just sit there. I would love to see Stanley get real weird with it. He's like got the gun up to his forehead. He's like, "Do it, motherfucker! Do it! If you don't do it, I'm gonna suck your dick!" (laughs) Like, I'll suck your dick, and I'm gonna make you make you question everything about your sexual preferences. He's like, "I'm gay." Then you're gonna love it. (laughs) I give gum like nobody's business. Stan, we're sorry. We love you. We really do. And we know you wouldn't do anything like 
uh, any of those three. I'm sure. I'm sure it was one of those situations where he did, where he just stood there. He was like, "Let's let's stay calm," because uh, apparently the people he was with they ran back into the house um, at some point. These motherfuckers no, abandoned no, I, Stanley. I don't think it was that kind of situation. I, I think it was like a they got sent back into the house. That, it, it hasn't been reported like uh, who called the police or anything. I I couldn't find anything on who called the police. Right. So it might have been this innocent bystander. Might have been one of them going back into the house or something. But I'm sure Stan's sitting there just trying to talk, like not giving him a talking to and not. <laughs> fucking going for broke like I would. Not threatening to suck their dicks. <laughs> but yeah, we we love Stanley. We're so happy he, he is alright and uh, unharmed completely. Not a bruise. Uh, and yeah. that's a good thing. And we're, and then like, again, two days later, we got like a, an announcement of a big surprise coming up. And I, I don't even, I don't care if it's like, I'm going to take an Instagram picture of me and my slippers. <laughs> I'm like, do it. I want it. That's a huge <laughs> surprise. Let's, let's see it. Yeah. No, no the surprise... He already did the Playboy, the fucking, the Playgirl photo shoots. No, uh, yeah. no, the surprise is going to be. That we can now buy Stanley signature slippers. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. I've I've needed a good slipper for a while now. I'm getting I'm getting there. Um, okay, guys. So unfortunately, there is always a ton of news to talk about. And of, uh, of course, in a show that's fucking over three hours long, we cannot get to all of it. We're uh, at three ten uh, on the live video. I I don't intend on cutting any. Any of those little time counts out. In video game news, what the hell else video game news could there be? There was something outside of E3. Aren't you supposed to be getting something ready for this? It's ready. Oh, is it ready? You got the timer timer ready? Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, this is... Oh, yeah, this is time for the intro, right? I didn't bring it up on my phone. It's time for the news. The phone booth news. That's right, everyone. It's time for the phone booth news where we try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives us about three minutes, 45 seconds. Odal is on the clock here, uh, and whenever you're ready. Go. In video game news, Telltale Games and Netflix are joining forces to create a Stranger Things video game. In comics news, Wet Hot American Summer is coming to the world of comics with Boom Studios. The series, written by uh, Christopher Hastings and art by Noah Hayes, takes place a week into the camp's infamous summer and debuts in November. Also coming to boom, an upcoming original graphic novel titled Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Soul of the Dragon, will follow a future Tommy Oliver uh, long after his ranger days as he tries to find his lost son and uncovers a secret from his past. Marvel clarified a particular pronunciation in Amazing Spider-Man number 800. The correct pronunciation is symbiote. Symbiote. Suck it, Venom trailer. (laughs) As Wolverine makes his return to comics, he's bringing a new power uh, with which he can superheat his adamantium claws. Lightsaber claws. The Library of Congress, <laughs> fuck off. The Library of Congress has acquired its largest comic book donation to date, with more than three thousand art- uh, items from the collection of Stephen A. Geppi, owner and CEO of Diamond Comic Distributors. 
The collection spans eight decades and includes six rare storage boards from 1928's Plane Crazy, the first Mickey Mouse animated short produced, as well as comic books, original art, photos, posters, newspapers, buttons, pins, and badges. The collection goes on display this summer. In TV news, HBO has ordered a Game of Thrones prequel pilot set thousands of years before the events of the previous show and will con- uh, will chronicle the world's uh, descent from the golden age of heroes. Star Trek Discovery showrunners Aaron Harberts and Gretchen Berg, Gretchen Berg have been fired and will be replaced by executive produ- producer Alex Kurtzman. Harassment from Harberts and Berg towards the writers was said to be one of the reasons CBS decided to replace the duo. Netflix has made a deal with the devil by resurrecting Lucifer for season four after Fox's cancellation of the show in May. And MTV has announced plans to revive its animated 90s hits. It hit Aeon Flux, uh, this time as a live action series. In movie news, Jason Momoa and director Corn Hardy exited the Crow remake due to creative and financial differences with Davis Films. Wow. Todd McFarlane revealed he's not interested in a new spawn uh, in the new Spawn film being an origin story, figuring action and leaving some mystery about the Julian Dennison, who some might recognize as Firefist from Deadpool 2, joins Millie Bobby Brown in the cast of Godzilla vs. Kong, slated for May 31st, 2019. According to Variety, Jared Leto will produce and star in a Joker-led Suicide Squad spinoff film, and Patty Jenkins released the first official photo from Wonder Woman 1984, and very surprisingly, it shows Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, standing in a mall, raising one huge question, how did Steve survive the film? Uh, In other news, DC Entertainment community manager Danny Snow said on the James Bonding podcast that the DC Universe streaming service is targeting a late August launch. Jeff Johns has signed an exclusive writer-producer deal with Warner Brothers and DC, and as a result will leave his current job as president and chief creative officer in DC Entertainment with Jim Lee taking over as DC's chief creative officer while remaining as DC publisher. Meanwhile, uh, he will, uh, Jeff Johns will be writing the screenplay for the Green Lantern Corps live-action film and will write a new Shazam title that is expected to see released sometime in the fall. And that is the news. 408. 408? God damn it! <laughs> you know what it was? There was a little stumbling there, but I put too much emphasis on being expressive and entertaining. I was, I feel like some of those I really nailed it. Yeah. Like that Jeff Johns. Yes. Oh my God. This is the first I'm hearing about this. Did not give a shit about the Green Lantern Corps movie at all. And then this news hit and, you know, all hail. As we, as we say here on the Sword of My podcast, Jeff Johns, all hail. But. That's a burp for you. But yeah, doing this, uh, it seems really cool. Uh, with, with Jim Lee taking over, do you think he can really steer the DCEU in the right direction? The DCEU? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Jim Lee has had a really good creative vision from... Oh, he's a great storyteller, that's for sure. So if he can, if he can come up with these, like good stories and everything else and get these companies to follow it on screen. 
I could see us getting some really good shit. Yeah. Uh, I just hit down a whole bunch on that file, and that usually creates a sound. But the headphones are plugged in right now, so I'm pretty sure that do 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 sound just went right into the recording. Uh, but no, uh, here's the thing, though, uh, where we, we'd actually mentioned this earlier, uh, Disney doesn't really play that big of a hand in the Star Wars and Marvel films. Right. That's not the case over there with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is heavily involved, and that is a huge problem with them. They yeah. won't set up DC Entertainment Studios as a separate company and just bankroll them. They're micromanaging everything, and that's the problem. Yeah. And so and either it, I, it really doesn't honestly because we thought when we we reported on Jeff Johns taking over as chief creative officer and shit and overseeing DC Entertainment, we were talking about how this is going to get it so on track. Every film that comes out from now on is going to be amazing. They're going to have their own MCU. It's going to be perfect. Jeff Johns is there. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, we, but we it, didn't realize that that what didn't was going happen. on behind the scenes. That didn't happen, and it's because of Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is the problem, yeah. and so it really doesn't matter it, how good Jim Lee is uh, as a storyteller or a creative mind. He's got to deal with Warner Brothers. You know what I think we're gonna end up getting? Hmm. This DC streaming service <laughs> is going to start getting its its exclusive live action shit, and they're just gonna say. Fuck Warner Brothers. That's the thing. We have our own thing now. I think these these shows though are still produced by Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh no. so, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but uh, what I do know is that it is time for our uh, somber segment of the podcast. The one we never really look forward to, but must be reported on, and that is our fallen heroes segment. Uh, guys, every now and then a legend is brought into this world, but before they can become that legend, they have to pass through our mortal coil and become fallen heroes. Uh, first on our two-person list uh, is uh, Ted Dabney. In 1971, Ted and Nolan Bushnell uh, worked together to create an engineering firm where they developed and launched the first commercially available video game arcade uh, console computer space uh later they continued on as atari where they made great success with the launch of pong uh establishing the company as a major foundation of the video game industry the grandfather of grandfathers oh, yeah. for video games which is only so appropriate for an e3 episode i suppose um sad, uh sadly late last year dabney was diagnosed with uh I don't know how to say this word. Esophageal cancer. Esophageal. When did you become a doctor? Uh, esophageal cancer and chose not to seek medical treatment and passed away last month at the age of 81. Uh, so as we celebrate the video game industry moving forward, we unfortunately have to mourn its past and foundations because... This, this man who was part of a team that built everything out of two lines and a dot moving around. And just think about that. Because that fucking blew people away. People are talking about, like, oh, my God, Pokemon's coming to Switch right now. It used to be as exciting as, holy fuck, two dots and two lines, or a dot and two lines. And then eventually, like, they upgraded it. The, like, now they're... Four lines and two dots running around. <laughs> that's that's where we started. It's all because of this 
this guy and his partner and their team and shit and uh, their vision and stuff. So, uh, so we're sitting here bitching about MMOs thanks to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all, all, all that we love and hate and appreciate. All thanks to this guy in the video game industry. Uh, really, really, really cool. And, and you can argue text-based games are like further beyond that, of course. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to deny that argument or not, but that this was a video game that yeah. they started with. And they started Atari, which was the first console. You know? No Nintendo around at that time. So... Uh, yeah, we, we, we sadly let go of him, but, uh, and this one sucked. This one really, really fucking sucked. Um, we, we also lost any Emmy award winning actress, Margot Kidder, uh, who many will recognize as Lois Lane in the 1978 Superman film and the sequels beyond that, uh, making appearances in Smallville and, and so forth, um. But she was found dead in her own home after a person of unknown identity called the police to report that Margot was unconscious and not breathing. Uh, according to the Livingston police chief, her death is under investigation, but they don't believe foul play was a factor and no cause of death has been revealed at this time. Um, but Margot Kidder, uh, unfortunately, I didn't know much about what she was up to outside of the Superman films and various other roles that she's had. I've seen her in, but, uh, when, when writing for this, I found out about a lot of what was going on in her life. And of course, I think everyone knows about the drugs and, uh, she kind of went quote unquote crazy for a while. Also, I well, apparently she suffered very heavily from bipolar mm. and, uh, she spent a lot of time trying to get that, in control or as in control as she could uh and because of that once she finally got to that place she became a huge activist for mental health uh raising countless dollars through so many different charities and events and shit um just really trying to pioneer it and help with like new discoveries and stuff she she was big on the mental health scene which is very important for someone like me, and I know you you have someone in your life that is yeah. that is very heavily affected by something like that. I I suffer from bipolar myself. Um, there was a quote uh, that that she had that I found that uh, that I know that I have started a version of. Like I found this version of that after way too many years. Like it's one of those simple things you. You really should have come up with, like, before you were 20. Uh, but she said, if you're going to fall apart, do it in your own bedroom. And that basically means, like, look, these these are your problems, you know. This is in your head. You deal with it. Don't take it out on other per- – at least that's what I took this to mean. Don't take it out on other people. Don't, you know, destroy your friends and family over it. Don't destroy your life over it. Deal right. with it on your time. You know, like let it all out Deal as soon as you on can. Your time on your terms. Yeah, and and that is difficult. And I've had my share of, even to this day, my share of outbursts in public and stuff when things just got that far. Right. Uh, especially at work, <laughs> pretty bad for that. But I have gotten to a point where even when I do have those outbursts, I am like 
focused minded enough to not like walk over to this guy and start fucking yelling at him because I'm going to lay all these problems on you because you fucked something up like three hours ago. And somehow this is all your fault now. And the way I feel right now is now how I feel. And I don't do that. I sit there and right. I'll fucking, I've been told that I unintelligibly curse when I do that, uh, <laughs> akin to uh, a Christmas story, <laughs> when, the, when the dad's going to the basement, he's like, oh, I'm going to fly the scrub, my first scrub up. Uh, you know, I will do that, but there will be distinctive fucks and shit farts and dumb tards and all that. And I, um, yeah, uh, so so finding out this stuff about her life just made me appreciate her even more. Uh, I really wish I'd come to that realization sooner. Know more about this, and it was somewhat the same with Carrie Fisher. Yeah, she passed. Although I did know about her stuff, and I had read one of her books by that, which uh, I think it was Wishful Drinking. I'd read by that. Yeah, no, no, it was Postcards from the Edge. Uh, I read Wishful Drinking after she died, uh, but Postcards from the Edge I knew dealt with a lot of like you're going to that edge you know right like, this is a book about her dealing with that and her stories and that and so uh i really wish i didn't known this about uh our lois lane you know right uh, the plucky tenacious uh, <laughs> reporter uh and a very plucky woman too i also found that out about a lot of what lois lane was was already built into margot kidder so we yeah we we definitely solemnly say goodbye to these two impressive people yeah um, moving on from that, we're going to go into our comic book review last segment of this very long podcast. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know that I'm going Three to and a half. Three and a half. All right. So let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> I got to start saying this at the top of the show. Links are in the, time code links are in the description. You can skip to whatever you want on these videos. And that is the only reason I have to listen to this. Like, I'm, I don't honestly think I'm going to edit this. I'm just going to put it up as it is. Because we've, we've kept the pace. Yeah, was. Not, we, a lot, not a lot. Surprisingly enough. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I'm going to edit this. I'm going to attack on the intros and the outros and all that. And just do the time codes. That's it. But yeah, time codes in the description for this and future videos and past videos, uh, podcasts, all that. Yes. Anyways, we are doing a comic book review. This is actually really cool. This is actually really, really cool for us. And like, Odell, the I want story you to, behind I want this. you to get jazzed up right now. I want you to get jazzed up right fucking now. We're getting jazzed. We're getting... Oh, We're I'm going to jazz all We're over. getting jazzed. You might want to move these microphones because I'm about to get jazzed. <laughs> I'm going to jazz all over the place. Uh... The reason we're doing this particular comic book is actually really cool. This guy, B.J. Mendelssohn, uh, who I had actually heard of once before. Uh, one of his books has been on my to-read list for way too fucking long. And th there's a long story to that. We're too deep in this podcast for me to tell. It. Just suffice it to say, there's a reason I haven't gotten to it yet. But it is on the list. It is, is, it is in the pile. But... Uh, Anyways, this guy contacted us, and I'm not yeah. sure why or how he found out about us, or if he was just making the rounds. He had this book coming out, and he was just contacting every comic book podcast or what. But uh, he came to us. 
And how many followers did he have on Twitter? He's got like 72 or 102,000 some followers. That is a big fucking gap Uh, there. Uh, Way to do your homework. I I mean, (laughs) it's way more. I think you said something like 70,000. I'm going to put it this way. This guy has more followers than he needs to contact someone like us. On Twitter, we have 30 we're below uh, 40, 36, maybe 37, something like that. Yeah. So he doesn't need us. <laughs> That's for sure. No. But even though, uh, but even because of that, we, we are extremely grateful to get this opportunity to check out a legitimate author. Oh, uh, oh, is, yeah. God, no, I was so far off. <laughs> oh, really? So, 703,000 followers. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. He, I apologize. He does not fucking need us at all. Uh, but even because of that, we we do have some kind of some kind of integrity. You can't tell by watching us, but we have a semblance of integrity. And I did message him to let him know that we were going to give a very honest review of this. So mm-hmm. as we move forward in this, the things that we like, the things that we did, dislike, you know they're going to be genuine. Uh, and he said, yes, that, that is all I want. I want you to talk about it uh, unbiasedly. And so, yeah. Uh, we while were we are, not contacted to jerk this guy off about yeah, his book yeah. and praise it beyond all books. Yeah, you know, we we were contacted for our brashness, our yeah. honesty, and all that, and that's what we're about to get. Right, and the book we are talking about, Vengeance Number One. Uh, Odal, you you got the skinny on uh, the names here because I murder names every time we do. Comics. The cover art was done by Isidore Koliavris. Uh, interior art and letters were done by Peter Chaplarsky. And the story and characters are B.J. Mendelssohn. B.J. Mendelssohn, yes. And uh, the basic synopsis that uh, B.J. sent to me uh, was, this is set in an American Southwest. Vengeance Nevada is a comic book about what happens when you suddenly get everything you ever wanted and the consequences that come along with it. Uh, Now, given that, I don't get that from this book. It, we're we're gonna start negative right. Okay, <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna start a little bit more on the positive side. Uh, some of the things I enjoyed. This is a black and white. Yeah, I tend to steer well. Away, well, yeah, I, I okay. tend to steer away from black and white, even to the point of stories that I love and like things like the Batman Noirs. I kind of gravitate away from simply because I prefer how color enhances the story. But yeah, with can. this, yeah. I found myself drawn into each panel. And as it progresses, we do get touches of color oh, added yeah. in. Taking nothing and away from the art they, and, and the, the work visually that was done on this book is very nice. I, yes. I really enjoyed uh, the artist's work, the, the coloring uh, when it does come in. Mm-hmm. It, it fits very well, and it, as I said, it, it enhances what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't take away from anything. It, it's not distracting. Uh, it makes the panels more vivid to right. to bring um, distinction to that part of the panel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, the dialogue versus panel, it took me a couple of read-throughs to figure out kind of what was going on yeah um it it, now 
some of the speech bubbles, like there's there's this conversation uh, where what I assume is our main character. Uh, this this moves so slow. <laughs> right, I assume is our main character uh, is. Uh, Speaking to some sort of tech guy, uh, this fat, bald gentleman with a goatee, and uh, it's going in and out of the conversation. And the speech bubbles kind of guide you along. But when you yeah. first look at that, especially because it's in a mostly black and white format, it, it does get confusing, especially because the panels start to make an arc around this uh, larger... Yeah vignette well, or something that's starting to happen. I don't know the art. And then terms. we also have one conversation going on, something completely unrelated happening in the panels. And it, it took a couple of times. You almost have to read and get what's going on there and then look yeah. and separate the two because what I found was happening was the conversation was happening and she is the main character is thinking about her significant other. Yeah, and then it goes talking about on the, to the kid and everything. Yeah, yeah, trying to and establish that relationship. What gets confusing is there's some kind of super powered bank heist or something to that effect yeah. going on, while the conversation a different conversation with different people is happening. Yeah. And so, and it kind of just jumps right into that secondary conversation. Yeah, and like you, you and didn't feel like you were finished with that other one, and now all of a sudden you're in this other place. I think it, this book's biggest problem is is pacing. It seems like it's trying to pack too much in too quickly, well, and it also, but at the same time, it, it feels like. Ooh, actually, you said you said this earlier. Yeah, it feels like we're on issue eighteen. Yeah, yeah, it feels like we should there's, we should know who all of these people are. There's a lot of backstory that we just do not have, and it makes it almost impossible to connect with these characters in situations where, like, like the woman is talking, uh, the main character is talking about her. What I'm assigning as the main character, she's only like through a third of the book. Yeah, but uh, she's the first person we see, so sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's talking about her husband or boyfriend uh and his son and yeah. her relationship with that and it's like i don't care yeah like you're showing me tiny little snippets of that but i don't care like what do you like, do who we, are you yeah, yeah. We, we haven't been given that okay so we know judging by the picture on her phone that they are together mm -hmm. and the conversation that's going on with her and this other guy we find out how they became a couple. Right. And that they deeply care about each other. But there's no, like, here's what happens in between. It's like... Yeah, it just, it just jolts you right in. You're, you're right then, there on... And then immediately, you know, with this being an issue one, mm. you know, we, we get, you know, can... I'm just going to go ahead and say... Is there a prequel series well, coming? Or? I don't know. But but the thing is, in that bank house, we find out that he's not who she thought he was. Yeah. And now... Well, we do get an idea of how these characters are connected. Like, well, not how, but so much that these characters are all connected. Yeah. And we're talking about, like, in this Several. first issue, uh, maybe at least... 
12 at least. Yeah. Uh, so we're introduced to 12 characters in our first issue. And, and that's, that is the problem here. Because as far as, like, interest in what's going on, like, I want to know what's up with that bank heist. I want to know yeah. why they're robbing that bank. Uh, and then why is the superpower being coming in? Why, why did this character die? Uh, you know, why, yeah. uh, and then even moving past yeah. that, you know, once that happens, finding out who and what this creature is, mm-hmm. which I can only piece together that it's death. Yeah, there, there's some sort of shape-shifting, because she does call it a shape-shifter, and then it's like, oh, it I'm not a, yeah, bitch, please, I'm and no shape-shifter. So there, yeah. there's this, like, alien race that has cut, that is now in play. Uh, there was the apparently like they reanimate after they're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a priestess who her soul went into this sword. Uh, there. Yeah, and there's this whole thing about the sword. There's the, yeah. an entire one page about the sword where she's about to grab it and then. Something in the background, you have no idea who or what, and it's not in a speech bubble, it's in, like, panel text. It's, uh, and again, I don't know the fucking terms. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's saying, no, and she questions it, but then she just grabs it anyways and blows her the fuck back, and then they cut right to the bank heist as if that's her being blown. Like, it's, it's a clever cut if this were a movie. Yeah. But, uh, for a comic book, it was a little jarring. Overall, yeah, <laughs> uh, I I did enjoy it, uh, it, but there was a lot of like context clues that are missing. Yeah, it well, I I can't say that I so much enjoyed it. I can say it piqued interest. Yes, it piqued interest. There are questions I want answered, and it's when I'm not into a book, it's not a like okay, this was confusing, and I don't fucking care, and that's what usually happens. With this, it was like, okay, this is confusing, but who is that person? I want to know what, like, why is her eyes blue, and now she's absorbed this not shapeshifter in what may be a dream? Well, and now her eyes are orange. Yeah. What is that all about? If this slows down in issue two, like, if it were to slow down in issue two, like, I mean, like, really hit the fucking brakes and just start taking its time. I can see this being an awesome book. Really I, cool. I too. There's obviously a lot here to unpack, which could take uh, fucking hundreds of issues. Yeah. Uh, realistically, you know, done in at least a 50 to 60 issue run. Uh, there's a lot to go through there. Yeah. But only I mean, if you slow down we are it, it, this is a breakneck speed for a issue one well and then, you know there again at the very end we're introduced to a team of heroes yeah no no, no real no introduction real names. No we, have, we have a couple of real names we don't know what the superhero names are we don't really know what any of these people do we're, we're just given this like ensemble uh panel as if, like, these guys are really important. Fucking why? Why are they important? Tell me. Yeah. Where do they come from? They're just here in this moment. Like, that's all I have. Uh, ultimately, I'm interested enough to check out an issue two. Uh, but this one, if it stays at this pace, this wouldn't even get my normal five issue, like, 
uh, allowance. Usually I'll give something five issues and see where it goes. And if it doesn't grab me by issue five, I'm done. But this, at this pace, I can't survive two, like maybe two, a third issue will kill me though. I'm done at that pace. like one of the things that really did grab me about this, like I enjoyed the art through and through. Yeah, you know, it, and at the same time, the story, like reading through. I think I told you before, I was reading this, and I caught myself reading what was going on, and I was three, four pages ahead of the last thing I looked at. Yeah, and had no idea what was going on. So the story grabbed me, the art grabbed me, but the combination of the two is very confusing. Yeah. Uh, Trying to find where everything lines up, who everyone is, and what's actually going on. Like you said, if if this were to go and slow down and flesh out more, then this would definitely be something that I would have no hesitation adding to my pull list. If issue two is going to take a break, maybe just tell me about that superhero team we saw at the end there. Because that's all issue two, and I'm cool. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, now we got some groundwork for them. And then maybe you tell another break next story, and then the next issue, you're telling me about Blue Eyes. You know? Yeah. Uh, because I, I'm terrible at names, I didn't take that many notes for games. I don't know, but uh, yeah, uh, if you go at that pace, new, maybe, yeah, like, and, and it's independent there too, again. Yeah. And, and also, we don't know, maybe there is a precursor to this, you know, but as far as not I know, there's I not. I think this is BJ Mendelssohn's first uh comic foyer, yeah, yeah, so you know. We don't know who these characters are. We have no prior attachment right. to any of these characters. We have no story we're, for any of them. We're we, going to have to find out soon, though. Yeah, we it, need a reason to care. It's a classic Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. situation. When Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first came out, I gave it the five episodes. I did not give a fuck. Like, from issue one, there were character relationships already seemingly already built. I don't know these people. I'm going to yeah. fuck about Fitzsimmons. And I'm not like now I fucking love it. And I gave up. I gave it ten episodes. I gave it ten episodes, and I still didn't care. And I gave up. I really hung in there for the MCU, and then I heard it was getting like really good. So I was like, okay, well, let's suffer the first season. And it turns out by by episode twelve, shit starts getting good. So I gave up way too too soon. Uh, but still, that's a problem. You, you shouldn't have to take 10 episodes to get started. Right. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully this doesn't fall into the same trap. Uh, we, I'm looking forward to an issue two. I want to see an issue two. I want to see what it's about. And if issue two is still this, then I, I can't keep going. Uh, but I think that is going to do it for us here on these sort of my podcast. It's been a while since we've gone God. gone this long. Do you want to know how long? Uh, no, I just want to go pee because I've been those who, who are not watching live right now and those who will watch later on YouTube will see it as soon as it starts hitting. Uh, hopefully it's not obvious in audio. Like, that guy sounds like he has to pee. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's visibly noticeable. Oh, yeah. Uh, guys, like this episode if you liked it. Subscribe if you loved it. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that bell below. Uh, if you want to know when the newest video goes up, comment any of your thoughts on 
the so many different things we talked about during this episode. Comment them down below. If you uh, made it through this whole episode from start to finish, <laughs> props to you. I actually know someone who will. Uh, we have a fan at work who listens while while he works. Uh, so. Anyways, uh, and of course, share this episode on social media. Again, that is the only way to get us out in front of people, really. We can do our own thing. We can pour our money into it. We can make t-shirts, which this tomorrow, uh, if you're watching this live or watching this later, tomorrow we are doing a video about how to get your exclusive one-time, like limited-time uh, first edition SMC, S SMP t-shirts. Needing to pee is really killing me. These t-shirts will not make a comeback. <laughs> yeah. This, this is the, is the only time. time period in which you'll be able to get these. First time, only time, and they're done after the 31st. Replacing the order on the 1st. Those who, who got in, pre-ordered. There's going to be a video on the subject to change your entertainment Facebook page to tell you everything you need to know, how to get them. It's a little underground, but just Odal here is the one handling all yep. the transaction stuff. Trustworthy guy, and like you see his face, you know what he looks like, you know his full name. He's all over all of this shit. So there's so many other ways to find him. Uh, so, anyways, guys, my name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, James Odell, Specter, and cue that toilet-sounding outro music because I really got a <laughs> fucking pee.